Hi, I'm Sandra. This is a show of conversations about motherhood, parenting, and all the good stuff we call life. Follow me as I spread mommy joy and share my stories. This is a different kind of mommy. everyone. Welcome back to A Different Kind of Mommy. I'm your host, Sandra Sims, and I'm so happy today to have my guest, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Happy Friday. Yes. So I know we've been trying to get connected for a little while. I'm so happy we finally got a chance to get our calendar squared away and, and record together. Me too. I'm happy to have you because... Um, okay. Before we get started, how are you doing? It's Friday. What are you guys up to this weekend? I am living my best life this weekend because my mom has my daughter. <laughs> I love that. And that just gave me life. Oh my gosh. When I tell you, this is like just the best three day weekend ever <laughs> that I've what? had in a long time. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Okay. So what are you planning? Uh, well, today I cleaned my house. So mm-hmm. not too exciting, but I love a clean house. It just helps me to think better and get things yes. organized. But tomorrow we're going to drive up to Charlotte. We live about an hour from Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go there and just do a one night stay at a hotel because I just wanted the beach, but we couldn't afford the beach. So I'm selling for a pool. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you. Me too. So then Sunday we'll pick her back up. We might go by the beach Sunday, but if not Monday, we're going to take her to the zoo. Um, we have a zoo here in Columbia and um, they have a little splash pad that the kids can play in so we will take her out there um on monday for sure so that'll be the weekend gosh that's gonna be so nice i'm so happy that you guys get to do that i'm i'm slightly jealous even though i'm not too you know i just came off of that a little bit i was on i just actually came back yesterday from washington dc i was there for a work conference and so even though it was a conference i was still my sister was able to watch my daughter so i didn't she wasn't with me i was able to sleep in a bed by myself which i haven't done in maybe about almost three years and it was just it was really good to you know kind of rejuvenate and be alone without a kid um i haven't done that in a really long time so i'm i'm happy you get to do that this weekend yes and it's been a long time for us also (laughs) (laughs) so i'm happy about today's episode because um and i'm calling it sugar and money because sugar money is a little bit about who you are and i want you to please introduce yourself before we get into a little bit more so tell tell the folks who you are well i am jackie jones i am the blogger behind sugarandmoney.com um, I also have an Instagram with the same name and um, I'm 37 married. We've been married 10 years. We celebrated 10 years this year and we have a two, excuse me, a three year old Lauren. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a blogger. And of course I also work um, by day. I'm an HR manager. Nice. Okay. So you have a lot going on. I do. I do. But you know, when I look at your pictures and I follow your blog, it looks like you got it together. So you're, you're doing good. You're doing good. Well, thank you. And I would have to give credit to my husband for the pictures because he takes my pictures. (laughs) (laughs) So I recently found you, I want to say within the last, maybe about two to three months on Instagram. And I have been on this kind of take back my life around finances kick 
right? I feel like every year we make these goals around saving money, having more money, what to do with our money. And like anyone else, I feel like I make those same goals, those short-term goals, those long-term goals. And I would say by April, May, they fall off the plate, right? And, you know, other things happen or, you know, I just forget about it. And so for me of lately, I have a two-year-old daughter. She will be three in, a, in, in about two weeks. And I've really been looking at life and how I spend money and how I, you know, earn and generate money kind of thing. And what I want life to be, life for her to be different for what I have. I feel like now that I'm an adult, I'm 42 years old, I can admit that I've done some really, really crazy things with money, made some poor choices. And so I've been looking at how do I make life better for her? And for me to do that, I have to start making some better choices now. And so I really was in the search of finding, you know, some commonality with folks like myself. Um, and, and always for me, I always try to start off with women, with black women, with women who are moms, right. And families and see, you know, some, some things that I can learn from them. And so when I found sugar and money, I actually found your blog first because I was like looking around the internet and I found your blog first. And what I love the most about your blog is that I really felt like I could relate to it. Like it really resonated to me and I didn't feel like, okay, she's not doing things that isn't realistic. And so when I found your Instagram, it just made me connect to you more because I started to see different types of pictures, different, you know, different pictures highlighting what you do. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about Sugar Money. How was the blog created and a little bit about your vision behind it? Well, sure. I created the blog because I have been a, a lover or a reader of personal finance probably since I got my first credit card and realized that making the minimum payment wasn't going to pay that card off anytime soon. Yes. So even since like 18, I have read a lot of personal finance books. Um, my first one was like, girl, get your money straight. Like, cause doesn't that title just scream out to anybody? <laughs> yes. Now, girl, get your money straight. Yes. So first book. And then, you know, I've read Susie Orman. I've read David Bach. I've read Dave Ramsey. So I've read a variety of uh, personal finance books. And um, I've always wanted to have a blog. So I've always kind of wanted to share my story or have something, you know, on the internet, because I've always been a lover of blogs since they became, you know, pretty popular. And um, I was on Instagram and started seeing different people with these personal finance um, Instagram accounts. So the very first one I think I probably stumbled upon was um, the finance bar out of Charlotte, uh, mm -hmm. where she has a financial company. Um, and then I found other company, um, other Instagrams where they were talking about paying off their debt, which was what I am doing and also paying off student loan debt and, and paying off large amounts of debt. And I was like, man, if they can do it, then, you know, I know I can do it also. Um, even though I was already working toward paying it off, but I felt that I had a story to tell also. Um, because a lot of the stories I was reading was more about, uh, just being like gazelle tense, you know, you know, all their money is going toward mainly debt. They're not doing anything else outside of paying debt unless it's like very small things. But I knew for me, I needed to have some more rewards built in. And that's that sugar part. Like that's the sweet life, whether that is, maybe it is a cupcake that I want to treat myself to, but also maybe it's this little staycation or a quick trip to Charlotte just to kind of, you know, revive myself and, and get back, you know, get that rest. So I wanted to give that balance and I love cupcakes. So that's where the sugar part kind of comes in, like the sugar and money part. 
Um, so that's why I started the blog because I wanted to show uh, both ways. Both I sides. love that. I love that. That so, I love that you're kind of doing all this rigorous work to save and to pay down the debt, but you also, you know, like it's realistic. You want to have some fun. You want to, you want to have, you know, some, some treat days. You want to be able to, you know, spend a little bit of your money on some other stuff and not just focus on that. I love that. Yes. Yes. And you know, especially now, cause we do have a child. Um, I just could not see myself not doing anything, you yes. know, except paying off debt. Cause these, and you know how it is with your child, she's too, you know, these moments are so precious and their eyes just light up when you do things. It doesn't have to be expensive things. Um, but it, it maybe need to be a couple things that's outside of the home, you know, for those eyes to light up and get those moments, get those pictures and get those memories. So that's where I'm like, you need to balance. You can balance having a good life, but also having good finances. Yes, it's true. Okay. So I think we always, I mean, I think it's very kind of cliche. We really know why, you know, eliminating debt is important, but I'd love to hear from you. If you can tell, you know, tell us why, why do you feel it's important for you? For me, it's important because while I'm paying off debt, that's a portion of my paycheck that I'm not even really seeing, that I'm not even really living with because it's going out the door to somebody else. And um, as long as I owe somebody, you know, that's money that's not mine. And I want to be able to keep that money, you know, in my account, whether that's for trips, whether that's for investing, whether that's for saving. Um, And essentially, once I eliminate that debt, that's going to be for future Jackie or this future household that we can build toward. But while we're still paying off debt, then that's taken away from our future. And I want to get to that future, you know, as soon as possible, that, that better future. Good. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, Jackie. Are there people out here in America living debt-free? I mean, like totally debt-free. Because when I think of debt, I think of everything from credit cards, student loan, car payments, house payments. I mean, like everything. Are people out here living debt-free? Yes, they are. <laughs> you will be surprised, especially if you search the hashtag, hashtag I believe it's debt-free community. I follow some people that have even paid their home off. So they are mortgage-free, credit card-free, car loan-free, student loan-free. Like, they have no debt. Or, you know, some I'm people... I'm so jealous. God. <laughs> But, you know, you have two sides of the spectrum, Sandra, because some people, they, they can't imagine becoming debt-free. Like, I know people that say, I'm going to always have a car note because I like to drive a nice car. And, hey, if that's your thing, then that's your thing. But my thing is I like to keep that money in my pocket. Like, I don't have to always – I think the average car note is around 380 or more a month. I don't want to say for the rest of my life I'm going to always have $400 going out to Nissan or Honda. Yeah. You know, that's $400 that I can be investing in my future. But there are truly people that have paid off their house or you have people that are saving up money to buy their house in cash. Like they're, they're saving their money up and then when they go in there, they're going to just get a house paid for in cash. They're not even going to go and get a mortgage. Yeah. So for me, I don't, I feel like I'm sure they exist, but even when I think of debt free, like for myself, I know that I refuse to pay for a car note, right? Like I don't care if I have to drive this rinky dink car until it's three wheels, right? I don't want to pay a car note. But when I think of like debt free, I'm like amazed that people can pay off their house note, like their mortgage and still be young because I don't know anybody who doesn't, you know, who, who doesn't carry a mortgage until like they're half dead. 
and you know, the first time I heard someone, it was a, a older lady. She was, she had been retired, but she may have been early to late fifties. So she was still relatively no, young. No, that's very young. I, but when she told me, I was like, you paid your house off? Like my eyes got big <laughs> because wow. like you said, you don't hear a lot of people paying their house off, but also you live in California, I believe, right? Girl. Yes. So it is. Girl. That's, a different, that's a different type of mortgage out there. <laughs> So I actually rent because I know that I will never be able to buy a house. I mean, like you can't even buy a crack house out here for a million dollars. Seriously, <laughs> it is very expensive out here. So I know that I probably will never be able to buy a house as long as I still live in California. And so for me, I live in a very, I live in an apartment and it's very affordable. And so for me, I kind of have to play it that way um, because it, I, I don't, I cannot even imagine again throwing millions into a home out here where I feel like then I'll never be able to pay off that mortgage. Right. I mean, and so a lot of people that I know that live out that way that I see online, what they do is they end up possibly moving. Like some people, yeah. they don't stay in such a high cost of living area. In South Carolina, our cost of living is very reasonable. Um, so like we could pay our mortgage off here um, if we choose to, because our, our house, I bought it 10 years ago. So it's, it's not very expensive. Um, so yeah, a lot of people and even one lady that I follow now on Instagram, she's actually moving from California to Texas because it's a cheaper cost of living there. And also taxes are different. So they'll be able to, you know, make more money, pay less taxes and possibly buy a home um, in Texas. Yeah, I'm so envious of those people. I'm originally from New York and it's high cost of living there. I moved to California and it's high cost of living here. I mean, if I ever moved to a place like North Carolina, South Carolina, any place with like a small, a low cost of living, I probably would be a millionaire if I was able to have, you know, my, my great paying job now. So yes, I admire many people when I follow people online and, and, and I see like their budget. Sometimes I look at people and they're like their rent or their mortgage is like, I don't know, a thousand dollars. And I'm like, wow, like I wish, you know, but something of the sort, whatever it is. And I know that for me, the dramatic difference is the cost of living. Absolutely. That's what's doing it. Yeah, that mortgage sure. or that rent can take up so much of your income. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your debt and what you do to pay it off. Well, when I first tallied it all up, I had $100,000 in debt. So that was like my aha moment, come to Jesus, whatever you want to call it. Like, stop. But that's with the house as well? That was without the house. Okay. That was okay. roughly 20000 in credit card debt. I had a brand new car. I bought it brand new off the lot. Um, that was about 23000 and then the rest was student loan debt. Yeah, that's me. I'm struggling with the student loan. Okay, and so you saw this big number, and you're like, what the hell? This cannot be my life. <laughs> so I saw that number, and I was like, mm, I don't even make enough money to pay this debt off. Like, I, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I work in HR, so even if I became an HR manager, you know, I could always, you know, I could look at my paychecks whenever I want to, you know, like for the most part, yeah. like look at past paychecks or add up, you know, my 40 hours and time it, uh, you know, across what I make and everything. And I was like, I am not making enough money. Like, even if I cut out Netflix or, you know, unless yeah. I would have sold my car or something, which I didn't do back then, but it was just not enough money coming in, you know, when I really looked at it. So for me, it became getting a part-time job to make more money, you know, figuring out ways to make more money. So I did get a part-time job. 
and I still wasn't getting, you know, I still wasn't making that much money because part-time jobs sometimes are just minimum wage. Yes. A lot of times it is. Yes. That's not paying a lot of money and you're working all those hours. Or it pays for the commute, right? Like the gas or, or whatever. Yes. It pays. Yeah. I feel you. And then let me tell you what I did wrong. I worked at Ann Taylor Loft. Oh, so, discount. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I spent more money in there than what I made, <laughs> but I looked good. So I was like, okay, this is not working. Back to the drawing board. So then I came home and I told my husband, I said, I think we're going to have to move because I need to make more money. The money is just not here in South Carolina. So he supported my decision. I started looking for other jobs still with my current company. And then we relocated. We, re- we relocated to Richmond, Virginia. And that came with a nice raise. Um, and with that raise, um, we were able to start paying down some of that debt. So now was this before your daughter? This was before her. And yeah. is this including, is the hundred grand like also including your husband's debt or is this just Jackie debt? Just my debt. I am paying only my debt. Got we it. We don't pay our, any debt that we brought into the marriage. We are paying that individually. Got it. Okay. So you, you get this great job in VA, you move to VA and that helps you now start paying this off little by little. Yes, that definitely starts. It was a little delay because, you know, moving for us, moving to a new city, uh, you got to get used to everything. We did fall into the trap of eating out a few too many times. And then I realized like, hold up, we're making more money and I'm not seeing the difference. So then it was like, okay, now it's time to get really serious. So then once we got serious, that's when that uh, credit card started getting paid down. I paid that off first. Um, and I paid off that 20000 in two years or a little less. And then I paid my car off um, a few months before it was due to be paid off because the interest rate was very low. The interest rate was 0.9%. So I didn't rush to pay that off. And I definitely paid off the credit cards first because that was a higher interest rate. So I paid off the credit cards and then I paid off the car. Um, so by the time we actually had our daughter, all my credit cards were paid off, car was paid off, and all I had was student loan debt. And I had already been kind of periodically paying off my student loan debt if I had smaller ones. Like some loans I had that was only 1600 If I got a bonus from my job, I just paid the whole $1,600 loan off, like just paid it off in one, one payment. Um, so that's how I was able to knock just the smaller loans off. And then since then, I've been paying off uh, primarily just just student loans. So like right now, if I post a payment payoff online of $1,000 or $2,000, all of that is going on my student loans. I love this because I was going to ask you, how did you sit down and go about making decision on what car to pay first or what debt to pay first? So you started off with the credit card. And I mean, like, like kudos to you, 20,000 in two years, that's, that's, Excellent. I'm I like I'm so proud of you. That's really, really good. But you know the the hard the hardest part was getting out of that habit of pulling out my credit card. I realized yeah. that I was never gonna get out of credit card debt if I kept charging those cards up. So it just became as simple as taking them out my wallet. I didn't cut them all up. I just took them out my wallet and was like, I'm not gonna use credit cards anymore because I wanted to get out of credit card debt. I um, think that we yeah. I like this. I like this talk because I actually don't have any credit cards because of all of the horrible decisions that I made as I was younger and how it really messed up my credit with credit cards. Right. So how I live today is purely off of strictly my debit card. Right. 
but it's also kind of twofold, right? Where I really do believe that credit card, if used correctly, can be your friend. It's just that I'm so scared to have to go back and relive those bad habits and those bad things that I did that I just don't ever want to have that credit card. And I want to live this life of, if it's not on my debit card, it means I can't afford it. Right. Right. And I definitely agree with you there. If you don't want to, you know, if you don't trust yourself to use them, don't use them because they're so easy to charge up. Oh girl. So <laughs> easy. Just swipe away. <laughs> I, I could probably do 20,000 in 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I can agree with you on that too. <laughs> so tell us how in God's name did you start tackling the student loans? Because you've paid quite a bit of your student loans as well. That's the biggest and probably the most of my debt, the student loan. And it, it haunts me. So what I did with that, um, first, once I really started paying them off, I realized that, okay, remember the credit cards were paid off, the car loan was paid off. So my car loan, when I had it, it was 382 a month, I believe. So I said to myself, well, I've been paying 382 at least for the past four years. So at a minimum, I should be able to pay at least this 382 on my student loans. Mm. So I, I'll just do these different, like, just kind of, I'll jot stuff down and think things through. But like, if I haven't had that money before, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to keep keep doing it. So yeah. of course I should have been able to make my minimum, which is what I was doing when I had a car loan, plus my 380 at a minimum, that should be going toward my student loans. Um, and then also now I don't have credit card payments. You know, it was some months when I was spending, you know, five, six, $700, maybe even a thousand dollars on those credit cards to, to knock them out. So I was just like, just thinking through, like, I should be able to pay really like maybe a thousand dollars a month, you know, on my student loans, just kind of like thinking out loud. And then you know, doing that budget and, and going through my line items to see what can we really, or I can really afford. And this was before we had Lauren too, when I first started paying my student loans. So this was before daycare. <laughs> so Ooh. if we didn't have daycare, I would be able to pay a whole lot more toward those student loans. But the way I really started tackling it was by calling them. Like one thing I will talk about kind of often on my Instagram is calling the student loan company and finding out, okay, what type of payment plan I'm on? How much do I owe? And um, one of the biggest questions is, is my payment covering the interest? Yeah. Because I found out the hard way that I was making a payment at one time on the um, income-based repayment plan, and my payment was not covering my uh, interest. And I can remember sitting there on the phone, you know, almost in tears, like, well, you know, Ms. Jones, you're paying, let's just say $200 a month, but your loans are racking up $10 a day in interest. Like I'm not even exaggerating, Sandra. It was $10 a day in interest that my loans was accumulating or accruing at one point. And I was not paying $300 a month. You know, quick math, 30 days or 31 yeah. days a month is going to be $300. If I'm only paying $200 every month, my loans are going up by $100. Because what I did is I logged into my account and I was like, why is my balance going up every month or going up and I'm paying on it? So I was like, hey, I got to call these people, you know? So I, my big thing is, is call them and get clarity on those loans. Because anybody you owe that much money to, you want to know the ins and out of your loan. I can call my student loan company and I can know them answers before they give it to me. Because I've called them so many times and I've talked to so many people. And I, you, sometimes I'm just asking questions just to see what they're going to tell me. Because I already know the answer. Like, let me just make sure I'm getting the right information. Or maybe I want to verify what I was told before. So for me, it came to, you know, getting on, um, 
I was always pretty much current. I was always pretty much current paying my uh, bills. It was that I was not paying enough to cover the interest. So the first thing I did was got on a payment plan that at least covered that interest monthly. And then I made extra payments on those loans. And I did make them from, I have my loans broken out in individual loans. So even though they're all with Nelnet, I started out with 10 individual loans and I would pay them off from the smallest loan to the largest loan. So like I said earlier, if I had a loan that I owed like 1600 on, then maybe that was the first loan I paid off. If I had a loan that was 2000 then I paid that one off. You know, similar to the snowball. What's the snowball method? You pay off your loan with the lowest balance. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that word. So a couple things. You are absolutely right because I never, ever logged into my account. I never, ever called these student loan people. I was just so oblivious because from my knowledge of my student loans, right, I was on um, deferment, right? And then all of a sudden I'm getting these 800 numbers, calling myself, calling my phone. And I'm like, who the hell, like who is calling me? I finally decide to answer it, right? And then it's my student loan people. And they're telling me, oh, my, one of my, one of my student loans um, the deferment had finished. Right. And so I'm overdue on it. I haven't been paying for it. And so this resonates to me because I had no idea that there's multiple loans like, right. So for example, I thought I owed Sally Mae, whatever, 50 grand and I'm making my monthly payment or I'm deferred. I don't know anything more than that. Right. And so when the representative was telling me, no, you have, I, I think I have like, I think I had um, 11. I think I currently have 11 different ones. It was like, I was flabbergasted. I had no idea I had 11. I, I, I knew zero about student loans other than I had them, right? So I didn't know that there was difference between like federal and higher learning. I didn't know any of that. And for me, I, I started to get that knowledge after they were harassing me. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? But you're right. I never thought to call them. I never thought to check my account. I never thought to do any of that because I'm like, hey, whatever. I owe student loans. And when it's time to pay, I'll pay. And right now I didn't have to pay. And so for me, when I finally made that step to talk to someone and log on that account, I was just like, I had no idea this was happening. Like zero idea. And so even this snowball thing, I kept hearing people talk about this on Instagram and I'm like, what is this? And so now here you say it, now I understand because I do have those 11, 11 things. And I keep saying to myself, why, why do I care that it's broken down into 11, I guess, accounts? Like, why don't they just lump it all together and, and let me start paying it off? Mm. Yeah, because, you know, for me, I just like it because I can say, for example, I started out with 10 loans. So now I have five left. So at least that way I can see where I had certain loans paid off and, you know, what I have left. So I still make my minimum payment. I get that automatically drafted out because you get an interest rate deduction. I think of like 0.025 or something, not a big deduction, but it's some deduction. So I get that deducted out my uh, bank account, you know, monthly that's automatic. And then I just go in and make my additional payments on that lowest balance student loan monthly. So right now I believe the one that I'm paying off, I owe, maybe like 5,500 or 5,800, something like that. So for example, next week I get paid, I will probably put $800 just directly on that loan. So then that $5,800 loan will be down to 5,000. So, you know, it, it feels like you're getting that progress versus, okay, if it did have it all lumped together, then 
if it, you're looking at you you know, fifty thousand and you only take eight hundred off at least, yeah. it, you know, it just look, it gives you that little uh, makes you feel good. It looks like it feels no. like you're making progress. You know, you want to feel like you're making progress. I like that. I like that. So I shouldn't look at this in a bad way that I'm looking like eleven accounts. It should be like, hey, because you're right, I can actually see, I think myself is the smallest one. I have like 1200 and I'm like, dude, why do I have a $1,200 loan? Like I could literally pay this off where yeah. others are like bigger, like 17000 or something of the sort. And I'm like, okay, so maybe you're right. Look at it like that, like small wins where you can pay that off and then be done with. Okay. Like and that's the real reason why people do the snowball method because you're getting those quick wins and they're making you feel better versus if you started with that $17,000 loan you might get like just deterred like man this is taking me ever to pay off 17,000 versus man I just paid off a student loan you know because even if you put on your Facebook or your Instagram if you're sharing your story I just paid off a student loan people are going to cheer you on regardless if it was 1200 or 12,000 amen that you paid that loan off <laughs> <laughs> like student loans are the thing these days if you can pay yeah. this off it's like kudos to you and when I get my, if I don't get my letter, because they send you a letter, you know, through email, I will call them. I say, hey, when am I going to get my payoff letter? And it's normally <laughs> 45 days. I'm like, it didn't take you 45 days to clear that account. Right. Get my money. But yeah, it normally takes them 45 days. They send me my letter. I print it out. And I am so happy that I paid off another loan. I know. That's like, <laughs> that's like when you get the degree. That's sitting next to the degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I need to put all the letters behind the degree. Like, it's paying for it now. <laughs> let's transition into savings. I think savings is really important too. I'd like to hear, you know, kind of what you think around savings plans. Is there plans that everyone should have? Are there specific banks that you think offer great interest rates around savings? What are your thoughts around savings? Um, I think that with saving period, you need to make a habit out of saving your money. I think that a lot of us have grown up or just accustomed to spending what we have and waiting on the next paycheck to come or waiting for somebody else to give us some money to get us through. But we really need to make a habit of saving money um, all the time because in the future that money is going to save us. So even if you just start out with a habit of $10 a week or $20 a week and just get in the habit of not having that money or with your uh, 401k at work of giving up to the match of 5% or 3%, whatever you can give, like just get in the habit of saving that money always with the mindset of your future self is going to need that money at some point, whether that's for retirement, whether that's for freedom from your job, maybe you want to break out and do something on your own, start a business, like, and you need that money. So I think we really need to change our narrative from spending all the time to just saving money. Um, and so from that, I think that we need to have an emergency account um, of at least a thousand dollars, but probably more, especially in your case, you live in a higher cost of living. So a hundred thousand, I mean, a thousand probably wouldn't last you long. But I was going to say, yeah, you're right. A hundred thousand in my emergency. <laughs> I mean, you're revolving in, you know, but like at least a thousand dollars, but I like to say always work up to at least, you know, three months of uh, living expenses, you know, in case something happens, you have a hard time finding another job or if you want to relocate or something, you know, to have that money to do what you need to do with. Um, so have, of course, first that emergency savings account and then also start you a sinking fund, which is what people call like little mini savings accounts, whether that's for saving for Christmas, uh, whether that's saving for car repairs, maybe that's saving for a girl's trip. I got you know, it. I, I have one of those. I have it for travel. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. Okay. Sinking funds. I so have like it for travel and Christmas. 
yes, because Christmas is not an emergency. So many people go in debt around Christmas time, and Christmas comes the same time every year. So yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to cash flow Christmas and not have a credit card hangover, you know, come New Year's. Um, so yeah, that, so at a minimum, you know, have you an emergency account and have you a sinking fund for the, you know, some people get, you know, they have a lot of sinking funds. I, I know for me, I have four of them, but at least just start with one. You know, okay. you don't have to go crazy. Some people may have, you know, eight or nine because they like to see their money separated out. Like, you know, you may have one for a new car or car repair. Like you said, a girl's trip, um, maybe like a dream trip. Like a lot of people talk about, you know, I want to take this real big trip one day that I'm, you know, working toward uh, Christmas club. Uh, also, it could be, for example, we just got finished paying summer expenses for Lauren. I mean, summer camp fees, and then we have to pay for, you know, new summer clothes, you know, things like that. Like that can easily be three to five hundred dollars that people don't always mm. just have sitting around. But if you're saving up for that throughout the year, then it's easy to make that purchase. You I know. like that. Okay. So you call the sinking funds. Okay, good. Yeah. good. I well, call them sinking funds. And you know, it's like really just many savings, like savings accounts for like, you know, you know, goals, future goals or future large expenses. Some people also do it for their insurance. You know, maybe you want to pay your insurance in full, you know, other than paying on it once a month, maybe you get a mm. discount if you pay your insurance in full every six months. So they save up for that to where every six months they can just pay their insurance in full. Okay. Um, okay. property taxes, for example, I know we have, um, I was through a, an account, an escrow account, but if not, if you don't have an escrow account, you got to pay those property taxes at the end of the year. You know, in South Carolina, it's not as bad. It's about a thousand dollars, but everybody may not have a thousand dollars at the end yes. of the year. Yeah, so that could be another way you could have a sinking fund. Um, for example, my blog, I have an account just for my blog because I have to pay my hosting fees. I have to pay, you know, registration for my domain. Yes. I go to different conferences. Like, for example, last year I went to FinCon. I'm going back to that this year. You know, that is an expense that's going to cost me, you know, several hundred dollars. Okay. So I have a sinking fund for that. Now, is, do you have automatic payments going into these sinking funds or it just depends and you can go ahead and do regular deposits as well? I have automatic payments going and then also my... Um, Capital One, that's one of the banks that I use for my sinking funds. I can just transfer my from my main account to Capital One. Got it. Okay. Got but it. Got my it. job, and you can talk to your job too, because you can, I think I have my money going in like three or four different accounts. Okay. So some jobs will allow you to split your paycheck up multiple ways. And yes. some people may yes. not realize that, but you can um, split it up multiple ways. Okay. Got it. Okay. So emergency funds, sinking funds, what else? And then, of course, your main bill, your bill account, you know, your account that your bills are going to mainly come out. Bills. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have like regular savings, which is kind of something that you're like saving for the future? You don't touch. That's when we get old. Kind of that kind of savings. Well, right now we do have, um, of course, our 401k accounts, you know, our retirement accounts through our jobs. But we do have an additional savings account for like we're looking to hopefully buy a a larger home in the future, you know, as we continue to grow family and all that good stuff. But that would be the only other long-term savings account that we have right now. Cause that would be a, a large Dow payment that we would have to put down. I see. Okay, good. Okay. This is great. I'm writing all of this stuff down because you're checking <laughs> me as we chat. <laughs> so, okay. As a mom, it's so important to me that I make better choices for my daughter. I've I said this at the beginning. Um, and what I struggle the most with is savings for her. So right now I just have like a regular savings plan, right? But 
I've been wondering, should I start like different educational savings? I've been wondering, should I do different things around savings? Do you have any suggestions or what do you, what do you think you can do to start kind of teaching your kids to save and teaching your kids to understand the importance of money? What are you doing for Lauren? I know for us, whenever we get any money for her um, and it's cash, we put it in her, she puts it in her piggy bank. So normally if it comes in a card, I hand it to her. She calls everything $5. You can give her a $20 bill and she'll say it's $5. Oh, girl. Okay. <laughs> but we'll put her money in the piggy bank. And then uh, we opened an account for her maybe like a month or two ago. And we deposited all the money, you know, in her bank account. So just as we continue to get cash and it gets to a certain amount, we will continue to deposit it. Um, we are considering a 529. One caveat with that is that if they don't go to college, then you will lose some of that money. So, And that's what I'm scared of. I'm exactly, because I, I do feel like education is very important to me, but I do realize that my daughter may not want to go to school. And so then I don't want to lose out on that money. And I don't really know what happens to that. Then, yeah. So, of course, you could transfer it to somebody else. You know, if you had another child or a family member that you wanted to transfer the money to, you could transfer it to them. Or if you plan on going back to school, you could use it uh, without getting that penalty. But if you were to cash it out for a non-educational experience um, expenses, then, yes, you would lose that money. So for us, we're still kind of going back and forth with that. My husband, I even asked him about that one day and he said, well, maybe we could do half in a five to nine and then half in a savings account. I said, well, that could work. But my thing is, I'm thinking that we're going to do a, a index fund, maybe with Vanguard, and just actually start an investment account for her um, at a young age. Oh, I'm going to have to look into that uh, Vanguard. Yes. Yeah, so they are known for their index funds, and you can pick out different funds. You can even pick out a fund based on like a retirement age, like 2045 or 2055. Um, so we're thinking about doing that um, for her. But to answer it directly, we haven't decided exactly. And, you know, honestly, I think that you won't go wrong with a high yield savings account that will grow over the years. Because I know for me, even if I would have left out of high school and my parents would have handed me, you know, 10 or 20,000 with some good advice and I could start my life with that, that would have been better than me leaving home with nothing. Yeah. So currently what I've done with my daughter Summer's account is I've actually separated her savings account in two. And I also bank with Capital One. Um, and so I split her account in two and I transferred it into like a high yield CD that they were offering um, with half her money. And the other half, I put her money, the other half of her money, I did um, a money market account um, with what was already there. And then um, I still do the, you know, the, um, the paycheck deposits to build it up, you know, whatever's not going into those two places. Yeah. I think that's really good because if you continue doing that until she gets out of high school at a minimum, that's going to be a nice chunk of change. So that is, that is how I'm avoiding sitting like it just sitting there because for me, I really was interested in it gaining some more interest. And, um, you know, I've been doing some research on these different high yield banks, um, savings accounts, and I've been wanting to start one. I know that there's Marcus. I know that there's Ali. I haven't done it yet. Um, and I just decided, okay, I already bank with, um, ING, well, Capital One and, mm -hmm. um, 
they offer as well some great, you know, some great other plans included with them. So until I can really figure out what I'd like to do more long-term, short-term, I just, you know, separated it and did two kind of accounts where they can at least make more money than sitting in the regular account. Yes. And we just have her sitting actually in a local um, credit union because we wanted to take her in there and, you know, have her opening her account or being at the bank and actually seeing the bank. So we did that with her. But once we get to a certain amount, that's when we're going to make that decision on either the investment account or the 529. And um, even that is good because credit unions have great interest as well. Yeah. And I mean, um, but you know, you won't get a better rate than those uh, online accounts like Allie. And like you said, Marcus, their rates are definitely higher than the credit union. Yeah. And Barclays, they're another good one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause I'm with capital one also for my sinking funds, but I am looking at switching to Allie cause I think their interest rate is higher. Yeah. They, they I think right now Marcus is number one and Allie and Barclays are pretty, they're the same. Um, which, which still there's about four or five of them I've been looking at and I could list all of those in the show notes for folks too, but ING is definitely not as great as all the rest of these. No, and they were one of the first ones that I remember that came out with the high interest account years ago was ING, which is now Capital One, but they aren't keeping up with the interest rates at all. Nope. And they're one of the first ones to have online banking. And so, yeah, they're sadly not keeping up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So do you think being a mom and a wife contributed to your passion around living debt-free? How does that work? with you and your husband getting married or being a mom, do you feel like this is the reason why you'd like to live a debt-free life so that your, your daughter can understand what it is to, to have zero debt as well? I think it added more spark to it because even when I was expecting, I was like, okay, now I really want to just get out this credit card debt, get my car paid off, you know, all this as soon as possible to not have those expenses because I knew we were going to be adding on um, daycare expenses. So I think with having my daughter and also being married, it just adds fuel to the fire of wanting to get out of debt as fast as possible. And then also just reaching that level of financial freedom to where I can have more of my time. So if I, I look at it too, if I don't have a lot of payments coming out, I don't owe a lot of people, you know, I can do different things with my, my work schedule or maybe my job just to have more time freedom. If I don't have to have so much money going out to other people, meaning I don't have to, you know, work so many hours just to pay somebody else this money that I've earned. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with uh, retirement or getting out of debt so we can invest more, I don't want to be a burden on my daughter when I reach retirement. I want to be able to retire without her having to feel she has to take care of me. I want us to have that income to where we can take care of ourselves in retirement um, or retire when we're ready to retire. I like that you talk about retirement, right? Because I have a 401k and I've been with my job for 16 years and I've had a 401k with them for 16 years. It's really, really good. They match up to 6% even if you do 0%, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I put in 6% and they also match my 6%. I don't even think about 401k to tell you the truth as saving sometimes because it's just something that automatically comes out. I don't see it. I don't really know what's happening with it. And that could be a blessing, right? There are times at the end of the year or not even the end of the year, you know, during open enrollment where we start looking at all of that stuff. And when I look at that number and see that number, I'm like, damn, that's my money. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't even believe it, but I love, I love the idea that 
you're you're looking at that like as a savings, right? Because for me, I'm just like, oh, that's money that I'm going to use when I'm old. And I, I don't even, it, it's never in the forefront of my mind. So when people say, oh, do you have a 401k? I'm like, yeah, I just never even remember that money. Well, it's best to forget it because some people, considering I work in HR, they use it almost as like a savings account to uh, withdraw out of pretty frequently. And when they come into my office to make those withdrawals, I'm like, you know, you need to save this money for your future. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't realize that like, I'm going to get older and I'm going to wish I had this money. So, you know, of course your 401k plays into your net worth, you know, it's, it's money that you have. Um, but also you, when you re, um, withdraw it, of course, taxes is, are going to come out too, because you're putting it in pre-tax. So you yeah. do have to keep that in mind when you're seeing that large number. And when you actually withdraw it, <laughs> That 45% coming up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I check my 401k about once a month. Um, really? I don't try to do it too much because, you know, sometimes it's, there was those dips, but I also look at the funds. Um, I'm not an expert on the funds, but for the most part, I have my eyes put up over four different index funds. So I look at the different funds um, and try to decide which one is best for me. <laughs> God, I need to educate myself because I don't look at that thing. I have no idea where that money is going or split. I, I need someone to teach me. I have no clue. Yeah, so you can take like the, uh, I don't know if it's called a ticker, but the abbreviation for each fund that you have your money invested in and take it over to something like Morningstar and type that fund in there and it'll tell you the name of it and how it's performing and everything. So that's one thing you can do um, to see what funds you have your money in um, and how it's doing. Okay, I need to, I'm going to keep that in mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for example, all of mine are in different Vandex, um, Vanguard index funds. Mm-hmm. God, I have no idea what mine is in, to tell you the truth. No, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's with Fidelity. That's all I know. <laughs> so no. yeah, and you know, if you get nerdy one day and want to look it up, <laughs> you can do that. No, I am going to look it up because I am persistent on, you know, being more, you know, financially smart and I'm going to definitely look it up. Well, let me know what you find out. I will. (laughs) I will. Okay. I want to talk about financial goals. I think I can speak for myself and probably a lot of other people when I say I often feel like, and of course I know better, but I don't do better about it, that I shouldn't make these huge financial goals, right? So we always say, start small, do something small and make it bigger. So how do you, how do you, what do you do to make financial goals so that they're manageable and even attainable? Like, what do you do? Well, even saying those words you just said, it all ties into making, you know, SMART goals, as they say, like the acronym is SMART for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So even if you want to look at it in bite-sized one and you're starting here at, you know, level zero, you may want to say, well, my first goal is just to get up to date on all my bills. You know, because sometimes you might be behind on your bills. So, and give yourself a pat on the back for even doing that. Like, okay, I'm going to open up all my bills that's on my countertop and I'm going to, you know, pay everybody that I owe in full. I'm not going to, you know, give them half this month. I'm going to give them the whole thing, you know, if you can, um, and then go from there and then from there, okay, what's the next goal that I can take on, you know, another little baby step, maybe that at that point, that's getting that, uh, starter emergency account, whether that's $500, whether that's a thousand dollars, um, and then say, okay, how, you know, soon can I get to that amount? You know, can I speed that up by selling stuff? You know, because that's one way. A lot of times we have a lot of stuff in our house 
that we can sell to get to these financial goals faster. You have so many ways now to make money. You know, back in the day, I remember eBay was real big, but you got eBay, you got Craigslist, you got Facebook Marketplace. You can go do a yard sale. You know, there's all kind of ways to generate income. We all have different talents. So I think we need to tap into ways that we can make more money. A lot of times we get so focused on just cutting expenses, but I think we all can agree at some point we can't cut anymore. So at some point we need to make more money. So, and just really get creative and just really, you know, dive into how can I make more money to reach these financial goals uh, as soon as possible. Because once you get your bills caught up, once you get your emergency account, you know, filled, once you start paying those debts off, you're going to be giving yourself a raise. So almost think about it as once I, like if I paid my car off and I didn't have student loans, then I would have given myself a $400 a month raise. Oh yeah. I've been paying on that car for five years or, you know, close to five years. And now I don't have to pay on it anymore. Even without my job giving me that raise, I've given myself a raise by knocking out that debt. So, um, you know, start with small goals to give yourself those quick wins. But yeah, I want I want to believe big, and I want other people to believe big. Like, for example, I would love to pay off all my student loans this year. It could possibly happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. Um, it's something that I think about probably too often than I should. <laughs> but you know, if given an opportunity and given the income, then yes, I would love to pay off all of my student loans, you know, this year. Man, if um, I could ever pay off my student, I'm not going to say if I could ever, when I pay off my student loans, girl, <laughs> I know. Right. You know, and that, and it's so much, it's like what we say, because I used to say to myself, I'm not going to ever pay these loans off. You know, like I'm not going to ever pay these loans off. And then I was like, no, I got to pay. Like, I, first of all, I have to pay them because I signed my name on that dotted line. Yeah. You know, I said I was going to pay it. I've given them my word. You know, back in the day, we would say my word is my bond. Yeah. <laughs> giving them my word. Um, I don't want my credit jacked up. And then even with student loans, not to get off track, they will deduct that money out your Social Security. So don't pay them if you don't want to. If Social Security is still around when we retire, student loan people coming for their money. Well, don't they also garnish your salary? I believe they garnish you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Student loans. You can't owe two people. You can't owe the IRS and you can't owe student loans. They will come (laughs) for their money. I mean, I mean, even when they're dead, I think you will still have to pay. No, if you die, it will be forgiven. But that's another reason why, and I read this one time because people, when they get married, they want to, you know, combine everything and we're all one. And I read something one time where it said you should not, you know, refinance or combine your loans together if you're married, because then if uh, both of your names on a loan, but one spouse dies, then the other spouse will be responsible for that student loan debt. Woo! But if are separate, then you don't have to pay for that person's debt. Wow. So So definitely keep that separate. (laughs) Keep your student loan separate, in my opinion. One of the great things that I have found since following you is the sweet money challenge. And so this has helped me push through with a little bit of having a financial goal. Um, And what I really love about your sweet money challenge, did you create the sweet money challenge yourself? I did. I freaking love it. Thank you. I love it. I've seen so many of these things kind of on Pinterest and online. And, you know, I always say I'm going to start it. And of course I never started, but let me tell you why I love yours. Because first off, you can catch up anytime, right? So when, when I found yours, of course I found it late. You can catch up anytime. And what I love is that you can fill in the bubbles with any amount. So for example, you can do 
the $50 bubble any time of the year, right? As long as you, you know, you maintain the weeks. And so I love, like, I can't wait for payday to put, and because of course I laminated mine, so I can't really draw on it to mark it done. So I, I use a sticker to cover the dot. And so I can't wait for payday to use that sticker and to do that money. And what I've been doing with that money, and now you're calling it a sinking a sinking fund, so I know what that is, but I've been putting it to the side where I created a fund called um, a student loan, student loan payback kind of account mm-hmm. so that I can pay the student loan at the end of the year when I complete this um, money challenge. And that's what I'm going to do with part of mine. I'm going to put part of mine also on my student loan debt. And yeah. make that- big payment. <laughs> but I love it. And I want to sink and I want to, I want to list it in the show notes so folks can see how easy and fun it is. I'm actually doing two of them because I got so excited and I was like, Oh, I want to do two of them. And of course you see the, the total at the end of the year. And, um, it's just like, I was really happy to have found something that I really feel like I can maintain, you know? And so I want to say thank you for that because that helps me a lot. Oh, you're welcome because my mindset was that I know a lot of people aren't saving probably a lot in December unless it's just on automatic, you know, your automatic deposits going there. So I wanted to have it done to where you could have the money um, save around Black Friday in case you wanted to go shopping or, you know, get your Christmas gift, but get it debt free. Um, And like you said, depending on the week, you can bubble in what you want, whether it's $10 or whether it's $50. Um, And for me, I get paid every two weeks. So I do two, you know, every two weeks. Um, and yep. one lady that follows me, she is working on her third sheet now. Girl, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> I was like, what? And she's like, I just love seeing this money add Yes, up. yes. It's something about seeing it add up. And so, I, I mean, it's not like I'm literally looking at the money, like the money I had to put it aside, but it's just something about, for me, like filling the bubbles. Yes, I like to bubble mine in. So <laughs> normally I put it on my Instagram story as I'm bubbling in you know, that Thursday or that Friday morning, um, cause I get paid on Thursday. So I normally do it either Thursday or Friday morning. And I'm just like, this sheet is getting slowly filled up. Yeah. I have been a little bit delayed in, in, in doing mine on Instagram, but normally I have done the stickers on Instagram too. So I think it's really cool. I'd like to share it with everyone so they can participate too. Oh yes, absolutely. Join us. so before we wrap up i just want to ask you one more question do you have any advice that you can give maybe moms or women or anybody who's struggling to start who hasn't started yet but who really needs some incentive for tackling this debt-free journey i would think to say that you can become debt-free you know of course your level of debt freedom would be your level like maybe you don't plan on paying your mortgage off but just you know realizing you can break that cycle of credit card debt you can break that cycle of car loan debt you can break that cycle of student loan debt like all this debt you can pay it off it may take some time it may take some sacrifice but it can definitely get paid off so to start i would say is you want to first you know really list all your debts out like you don't know what you owe until you really write it down and i know a lot of people like excel they like microsoft word Um, but I would say at first get out a good sheet of paper and a pen, log into each one of those accounts and write down each balance and then pull out that calculator and add it up. And you might be surprised at that number, but sometimes we need that little shock to say, you know what, this is, this, this has got to end, you know, like you got to have that, that moment to say, okay, this is it. 
And yeah. I think by adding up that number, um, is going to give you that moment because you should realize this is not where I want to stay. Like if you see that number and you're okay staying there, then I'm not sure what else I can tell you. Yeah, but if you're you crazy. Number, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that you like, I'm not sure what I can tell you if you like that number. Yeah, like I knew I didn't like my number. Like to see $100,000, I knew I didn't like that number. Um, and I also knew I didn't like every Friday all these payments going out my account. Yeah. Does your husband also do this with you? Is he like going through his journey with his number and his finances? He doesn't have as much debt as I have. He has a car loan and he has a very small student loan to the point that I'm like, you could have paid that student loan off by now. (laughs) Like, I wish I had your student loan. (laughs) Very low. I think it's maybe like $6,000. Very low interest rate. So for him, he's just paying it, you know, on the schedule to pay it off. Um, and, And that's one, that's a difference too, like with interest rates, like some of my student loans, um, have have higher interest rates. So of course, you know, I want to pay them off and they're just higher balances. Um, so that's the difference too, on how we pay ours off. Like his loans, he's just, and you know, and that's up to him if he's okay paying it just as it's due, then, you know, I can't make him, you know, be gazelle intense the months that I am. Right. Um, right. But it, it works out, but we hope to get debt free around the same time. Cause I do feel like I don't want to be screaming. I'm debt free and you still have debt. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, that that's my all my plan that we will reach it at the same time (laughs) good i like that plan yeah so we can celebrate together and we can truly be debt-free together um so yeah i would say definitely listening it all out and then of course from there i would recommend the snowball um if you have that debt and just list those balances from the lowest to the highest and just start paying them off one by one and just pay you know of course, don't accumulate any more debt because that's going to slow you down. But then really just start paying them off one by one um, and vowing to not get back into credit card debt. But if you know that I can't be trusted with credit cards, then yeah, you may need to cut those up and cancel them or whatever so you don't get back into that cycle of credit card debt. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to wrap it up and I always ask my interview guests two questions that... um takes us into a different direction. But I really have one question for you that's almost in the same direction. So Jackie, when you are debt-free, what, what are you going to do with yourself? What, what, what's life for you going to be after that? The first thing I'm going to do is go to the beach with a bottle of champagne and to being debt-free. <laughs> I'm going to be off, Sandra. Like the day that I know I can make that payment, I'm taking the day off. <laughs> you like, I ain't coming to work. <laughs> I might make the payment at the beach. <laughs> Like you go wait for the forty-five day till you get the notice. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to celebrate that day. I make that payment. I may owe them a couple of cents the next day. You know how they are with that interest. Yes. You still owe us five cents. Okay, hey, go your nickel on the next day. But because I mean, it's a journey. It is. It's not easy getting out of debt because you have that option every month to make that payment or not. So, for example, two weeks ago I paid three hundred and fifty dollars. That's above my minimum payment. I'm not required to make that payment. You understand what I'm saying? So that's $350 that I could spend towards something else. Mm. So it's another level of discipline, I think, that comes into paying debt off when you're not required to make it. Yeah. Because I feel like we're born into debt. Still covered. This is just something above that I want to do because I want to get out of debt sooner. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. I can't, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see those posts and read that blog of you on the beach. I'm seeing it now. So I'm calling it into existence for you. 
Yeah. So, and, and then after the beach, you know, I just want to help other people, you know, even now, whether that's through Instagram or through my blog, I just want to continue to help other people realize that they can get out of debt also. Good, good. Okay. And so lastly, when you are in the finance mode, what do you do to practice self-care? I see you don't have your daughter this weekend. So you are going and hanging out with your husband. What are the things do you do to take care of Jackie? Um, even when she is here, like I try to have some kind of self-care, you know, daily. So of course, if that's not checking my numbers, I like to just have my alone time. Even that's in the bathroom with a face mask, a nice soak in the bathtub, reading, um, and just have that alone time to journal. Um, because I think the magic really happens when we are alone, you know, like I'm married and you know, you're together all the time, but I always say like, I need my alone time to, to really think, to brainstorm, to plan. Like I'm a big planner girl. And I think that I, I get more um, out of those alone moments when I can just think and, and plan stuff and brainstorm stuff by myself. And then I can bring that to the table of the things that I've came up with. Um, so that's what I really like. My self-care to me is a lot of mental work um, and a lot of thinking. And then the gym. When I can make it to the gym, I like to go to the gym because that's just me by myself. No distractions, not on my cell phone, not on my computer. Um, and just in the moment of, of taking care of my body because we only have one body. So. I try to take care of that too. I love that. Well, Jackie, before we leave, can you please tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Please follow me on Instagram. I'm normally on there every day and that's at sugar and money. Um, and then online I'm at sugarandmoney.com. I'm also on Facebook, uh, a sugar and money blog. And I also have a Facebook group. If anybody would like to join that, um, where we talk about finances, it's still growing. Um, so we're a small community, but I'm normally in there every other day trying to get the conversation started. So I would love for your listeners to join us there also in the Facebook group. Perfect. I'll link all of this up in the show notes. Thank you so much for being my guest. And thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I enjoyed it. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to A Different Kind of Mommy.